0: Merry Christmas. Welcome to Rock Mountain Calvary. Let's give the Lord a hand. We're glad you all are here with us, and um, we're excited about Christmas this year. Christmas is an amazing time of year, and it's all because Jesus came, and he was born into this world to save us, to give us a hope and a future. And the story of Jesus' birth is an amazing story with amazing characters and a dramatic plot, and it's all centered around our Savior's birth, and we're going to take time out this evening and just read that story. We're going to read it, soak it in, and try to fully grasp the magnitude of what an amazing event Jesus' birth was. It's why we celebrate. It's why we're here. It's why we're gathered. So we're going to read some of the story, play some songs, read some more of the story, and I challenge you just to take it in. You know, really immerse yourself in this story of Jesus' birth. And uh, we can uh, just, just try and dismiss the rest of the world and check into the Bible today. Can we do that? Awesome. So let's turn and say hello to someone, wish someone a Merry Christmas, and then have a seat, and we'll get started.
1: how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren for with God, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Cornelius was the governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who Was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
2: Jesus asleep on the head.
0: Sing this with us.
1: as it were told to them.
2: Chances and wonders of his life.
1: in Bethlehem, Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way.
0: Father, we thank you. We thank you that you sent your son. We thank you for everything that Christmas stands for. Without your love, we would have no hope, Lord. And as we read the story of how you came into this world, Lord, we're humbled. We're humbled by your meekness, that the king of the universe. would choose to enter so humbly and that your love for us is so great, Lord. It overcomes all sin, all, all things, all obstacles. It never fails us and we praise you. And today we're gonna sing songs of praise to you for your glory and join with the angels and all creation singing glory in the highest. Be praised in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing together. just pause on this Christmas Eve and make the Lord the main reason that we do all of this. Just take everything that you've done to this point, set it aside, and just focus your heart on the, on the God that loves you more than you can imagine tonight. Stone. Father, we look back and we celebrate that holy night that you came, that you were born into this world, our Savior, our Christ, our Messiah. Father, we pray that this Christmas season would be about nothing other than you, Lord, that you would receive the glory that you so deserve as we look back on what you've done for us. This night started it all, you've given us a hope, a future. And your love never fails, never runs out. We love you, Lord, and we can't thank you enough. Pray that you'd be glorified here today, tomorrow on Christmas Day. That it would be all about you. Just be in the midst of all that we do. Help us to find our home in you, Lord. We love you. We give you all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat.
3: Christmas. Glad that you're here and thanks for coming out and worshiping uh, together. And I want to also welcome all of the kids. So this is our family service that we have uh, for the year. So we're blessed to have you kids with us. And so guys, I need your help. All of you, you kids is I'm going to say Merry Christmas and then you guys say Merry Christmas back. Are you ready? Okay, kids, this is your big chance. So do it loud. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right, let's try one more time. Yeah, one more time here. I know you guys can do better. Don't be shy. I know we're in church, but this is your time, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Merry Christmas. All right, good job. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we ask that you would manifest your presence in our midst, You tell us that where two or three are gathered, that you're here with us. And so would you bless our time in Jesus' name, amen. Home for Christmas. We all have a desire to be with family and friends at Christmas. There's been songs that have been written about it, movies that have been portraying this feeling of home. And what is it that is this desire to be home with family at Christmas time? It's in our homes that we find belonging, that we find acceptance, that we find companionship. And for some of you, that may not be the case because of the family that you grew up in or the, the pain in your family this evening. and this is the point this is what we 're going to be focusing on tonight is this feeling that we long for in our homes is ultimately found in Jesus, that Jesus left his home in order so that we could have our home be in him. So we're going to look at three things this evening. First, the glory of Jesus before he came to Bethlehem. What was it like for him with the Father? Then we're going to look at the way that Jesus came, how he came being born in Bethlehem, and then finally, how we find our home in him. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 Because it's in Luke where we're going to spend most of our time this evening, Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. I'm going to begin in Philippians chapter 2, but if you want to go to Luke chapter 1, that would be great. What was Christ's home like prior to Bethlehem? Philippians 2 tells us do not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. It's so important when we focus on the humanity of Christ that we first remember the deity of Christ. He didn't think it a crime, he didn't think it robbery, he wasn't stealing anything from anyone to state the fact that he was God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three distinct persons, but yet one God. We also find in John 1, one through five, it speaks of Jesus as God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is Jesus, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. So not only is Jesus God, but Jesus is the creator. When we talk about the glory of Jesus Christ with the Father, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit created the world. A great thing that we have as God's creation and created in his image is this, is that we can create. Nothing compared to how God does, where he takes nothing and he creates it into something. But we do have the joy of creating. Maybe you entered into that this Christmas season, and you made some of your own Christmas gifts. It's really fun to be able to do that, especially with your kids. I mean, it's fun to make cookies, but it's even more fun to do it with your kids. So think of the father and the son creating all things. All right, let's go for it. Let's just put the stars out there. Good job. Great job. All right, let's go for the ocean. All right, how about some fish? Now let's get the detail of the flower and the joy between the Father and the Son as they created. And okay, here comes Adam. Let's do Eve in a little different way. Let's take her right out of the ribs of Adam. God creating all things. Jesus is the creator. Also, we know about Jesus is these, the express image of the Father. He enjoyed the glory of the Father. In Hebrews 1, verse 3, it says, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. In John 14, verse 9, it says this, if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. So it indicates the glory that Jesus had with the Father. And he came to display that glory. Take some time this Christmas Eve to reflect on the glory of Jesus Christ before he came. Now let's look at how Jesus came. How did Jesus come to the earth? In Philippians 2, once again, it tells us he came in humility, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus came as a bondservant, a slave by choice. His tools of revolution, of change, were a bowl and a towel. That's how he changed the world. He washed the disciples' feet. He came to serve and not be served. He humbled himself, taking on humanity. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the cross. It's because of his humility that his name is lifted above any other name. Every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is God. If you take the time to study Luke 1 and Luke 2, you're going to see this humility manifest. And I'm just going to scratch the surface tonight, hopefully just wet your whistle, get your appetite going to look at Christ and his humility. Kent read for us during worship this story of the virgin birth. And in Luke 1, we see Gabriel coming to Mary, the virgin Mary. Imagine putting yourself into the shoes of Gabriel, or maybe the wings of Gabriel, right? And he's got this message to bring. He knows Christ and his glory, but Christ is going to humble himself and be in the womb of Mary. So let me read to you. a Saturday possibly, going through her day, doing her normal activities, but now here's this angel. You're highly favored, Mary, you're, you're chosen. Then the angel said to her, "'Don't be afraid, Mary, for you've found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David and he will reign over the house of Jacob.'" and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Quite perplexing to Mary. I'm going to be pregnant. I'm going to have a child, but I don't know a man. Think about how surprising pregnancy is anyway, even when you're expecting it. I remember when our first, when Amber was pregnant with Hannah, and we were desiring to have kids. But sure enough, the pregnancy test showed positive. It gets that little plus there on the pregnancy test. And I was shocked. I was surprised. I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was surprised. And I was like, I got to sit down, you know? And I sat down and I just said over and over, I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be a dad. And it was so surprising and just a time of joy. And for Mary, she didn't have any of that preparation leading up to this moment. She's Having to process, how is this going to be? And this is the answer that was given. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Goes on, the angel encourages her that Elizabeth is gonna be pregnant with John the Baptist in her old age, even though she'd been barren all of these years. That with God, nothing is impossible That's the message of the virgin birth. It's impossible with man, but it's not impossible with God. Mary responds, let it be according to your word. If you want more of Jesus in your life, as you head into the new year, as you celebrate Christmas, if you desire for this Christmas to be a little bit different, for the Holy Spirit to birth Jesus Christ inside of you, then have the same response as Mary. Let it be according to your word. But before we go on, We're so used to this virgin birth story that we read on Christmas Eve, but this did not make life easy for Mary nor for Jesus. No one believed it, would you? If your teenage daughter came home and claimed the virgin birth, hey, where is he? You know, Joseph didn't even believe it. The only reason Joseph received this was the angel had to come and speak to him as well and we read the gospels closely and Jesus grew up with scrutiny this cloud that was placed over him that he didn't even know who his father was see this is the way that Christ came Christ came to save and relate to all people maybe you've got a difficult past maybe there's a black cloud over your family Know this, Christ can relate to it, it's the way that he came. We go on into this story in Luke 2, and we see the place that Christ was born. In verse 1, And it came to pass, in those days, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This census should first take place while Quinterus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city." God and his sovereignty is behind this. This is what's going to bring Mary and Joseph from the Galilee region to Bethlehem. Prophecy in Micah that Jesus the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Maybe you feel a little displaced this Christmas Eve. No, God's in control. He's got a way of having us be just in the right place at the right time. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who is with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So much to be said about these verses, but I want to focus on this. For Christ to be born and placed into a manger, again, don't make this into lofty language. This is a feeding trough for animals. This is a gross place to put your newborn. This is not by choice. This is poverty. Why was the king of kings, the creator of the universe, born into poverty? Because he loves all. If Jesus was born at Memorial Hospital or Penrose, Maine, much of the world could not relate with Jesus. 3rd World countries cannot even comprehend Memorial Hospital. I get to do a lot of hospital visits and get to visit families as they have their babies and those kind of things. And like the new Memorial Hospital, like you could just hang out there for a while. It's like, could you bring me a cappuccino, please? And I'll just get on the internet. And it's really nice. And we're blessed. We shouldn't feel bad about that, but we're blessed. But if Christ was born there, that doesn't relate to the rest of the world. This morning as I was reading the news, which I enjoy to to do, I saw in Sudan that they're in civil war. Genocide is taking place. Tribalism is happening. The UN's trying to get grips on just how many people are being massacred. You know that they've just gained their independence in southern Sudan two years ago, and there has been so much bloodshed that's taking place. And you know what? Jesus can relate to the poverty that's in Sudan. He understands that kind of poverty. Maybe it's been a difficult time for you financially, and you say, where's Christ? Where's Christ in the midst of this? Look at the manger. The reason that he came this way, the reason he left his home to come in this kind of humility is to relate to all. Who are the first ones to be the ones to receive Christ? Let's look at the shepherds. Continuing in chapter 2. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were greatly afraid. Understand the historical background here is nobody wanted their sons to grow up to be shepherds. If you struggled in school, if you dropped out of school, you might have to be a shepherd. If you struggled socially, well, you might end up being a shepherd. These guys are the outcasts. They're the ones that first hear the news that Christ is born. Then the angel said to them, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Lying in a manger. Notice that this isn't the norm. This isn't the place that all the rest of the kids went into the manger. The way that they would find the Messiah, he's in the feeding trough. Verse 31, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. The angels know how significant this is. Saying, Don't miss this. God in human flesh. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see the things that have come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And we continue to read on that they come and find Jesus there in the manger. They fulfill their job. They welcome Jesus Christ and they begin to spread the word about Christ. Again, this is significant. The way that Jesus comes, it shows humility that he would get the shepherds to be his ambassador, to get the word out to us. Very relatable in Jesus Christ. I want to go a little bit further in this Christmas story. Normally times we would stop here, but let's look at the reception that Christ received on the eighth day. This is chapter 2, verse 25. Jesus would come into the temple on the eighth day to be circumcised according to the law. And this is Simeon. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Holy Spirit into the temple. So God had told Simeon, you're not going to die until you see the Christ. Then the Spirit told Simeon, today you need to go to the temple. And when the parents brought the child in child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said. Simeon recognizes by the Spirit that this is the Messiah, and he picks up Jesus, who's eight days old, and rejoices in what God has done. Focus with me on verse 29. It says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation.'" which you prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled and marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. Now this is directed towards Mary. Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul that the thoughts of many may be revealed. Significant, again, I know we're just touching this, but go back and read it again later tonight or tomorrow morning. That through Jesus, people are we're gonna rise and fall. Those that accept him by faith, they're gonna rise. But those who reject him in pride, they're gonna fall. G- Simeon's looking right at Mary and saying, the sword's gonna pierce your heart. When she watched Jesus be crucified, her own heart was pierced. Why? So people's hearts could be revealed through the cru- crucifixion of Jesus Christ. One more lady, Anna, she's an elderly woman. She's been faithful and she gets to embrace Jesus Christ. Verse 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and have lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow about 84 years. Did you catch that? 84 years she was a widow. Who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in an instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. She got to see Christ, the Messiah. For 84 years, she went to the temple and she faithfully prayed. She served the Lord in prayers and fasting and thanksgiving. Why do I bring this up with Simeon and Anna? Because it was the faithful that got to receive Christ. It was the faithful that got to welcome Christ in. And they're a great example for us this Christmas Eve. This is our last point. You guys doing okay? I like the Christmas Eve service, you know. Kind of reminds me a lot of what it would have been like when Christ was born. You know, a lot of activity. So, You guys are doing good here's our last point it'll only take me about 45 minutes is that okay (laughs) is how do we find our home in him and what does that really mean to us and how do we apply this in our hearts and our lives we find our home in him through faith his death and his resurrection receiving him as our savior if you're a child of God tonight guess what you have an eternal home Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. Because he goes to prepare a place for us. And if he prepares a place for us, he's going to receive us unto himself. I know some of you have had a tough year. I know some of you have had your homes burned down in the Black Forest fire. I know many of you have lost a loved one throughout this year, lost jobs, health challenges. And hear this, our hope, our joy is on the place that Jesus has prepared for us, that eternal dwelling place. Focus on that this evening. Also, eternity starts now. Jesus told us that eternal life is to know him, to know Jesus in John 17. That's what life is all about, knowing Jesus, knowing him more, growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it's that knowledge and relationship with Jesus, that's our dwelling place, our home. We're never going to be homeless, even if we, live, we lose our physical home because we have Christ. When we had that really cold weather, five days or so, it was so thankful to have a home, wasn't it? It didn't really matter what kind of home it was, as long as you were not out in the elements. And Jesus is that refuge through this life. He protects us from those elements. But what we also appreciate about a home is the companionship. I look forward to being able to go home and in a companionship day after day with Amber and and with my kids. And if you're single, it's even the friendship that you find inside of your home and welcoming people into your home. There's nothing quite like it, but it only brings us so far and we've got to look to Christ. We've got to say, this is where my home is. This is where my permanent dwelling is. So two responses this Christmas Eve. And the first is for us as believers Are you enjoying your home in Christ? If you've been up in the mountains, there's some beautiful mountains. There's some homes in the mountains, in the ski resorts. And what do you find a lot of times in those beautiful homes up there? That they're only used a handful of days out of the year. And you're like, it's a crime, you know? Those should be used a lot more. It's too nice a home for it to sit empty. Nothing compared to Jesus Christ. And is he being enjoyed? Are you enjoying that home? You say, well, Eric, how? How do I do that? You get in his word. You get in prayer. You get in worship. You trust in him through faith and enjoy that refuge. And no matter what the storm, what, what the joy is, may we find that home in Christ. And now to the unbeliever, to those that don't know Christ. And if, if we can just kind of quiet our hearts for a second and if you know Christ as your Savior, if you'd be praying for me and praying for those that don't know Christ, is please hear this, is the Lord knows you. He does. He created you. He knows everything about you. Knows the numbers of hairs on your head. Knows exactly where you would sit tonight or if you'd be listening online. And he desires for you to be in a relationship with him. Jesus Christ died so that we wouldn't have to go to hell, but that's not all. He died so that he could be in relationship with us. He died to be with us. And not everyone's going to go to heaven. It's only those who believe in Christ. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you put your faith in Christ? Maybe your parents have a vibrant, saving faith in Jesus, but you've never trusted your heart to Christ. Maybe people around you think that you're the child of God, but in your heart you know you've never opened up your heart to Christ. Maybe you're the exact opposite. Everybody around you knows that you're not a Christian, that you're not the child of God, and you've kind of been the antagonist. It doesn't matter this evening. If you'll respond in faith and believing that Jesus died for you and rose again, he'll be faithful to save you. Why do you need Jesus? Why is it that we need to put our faith in Jesus? Because we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of his mark of perfection. I don't think that it takes a lot of convincing for us to believe that we're sinners. We know that we fall short of God's holiness. And maybe you've been searching and you've been longing and you've been looking your whole entire life for acceptance, for love. You've been looking in your job and you've been looking in relationships. You don't have to look any longer. Somebody loves you the creator of the universe, and he died for you. And if you're ready to repent, which means to turn away, it's a change of mind, a change of direction. I'm ready for my life to change. I'm turning to Jesus, believing that he died for me and rose again. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And you're raising your hand to Christ, saying, Jesus, would you save me? I'm ready to be the child of God. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you're the one who saves, that you draw us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you touch hearts right now? If you feel the Lord tugging upon your heart, if you're ready to make that choice of faith, I'm going to ask that you'd raise your hand, that you just hold it up high, and we're going to pray together. If that's you today that says, that's me, I'm ready to receive Christ as my Savior. Praise the Lord, I see your hand right here. If that's you today, you're saying, Jesus save me, I'm ready to become the child of God. For those of you, praise the Lord, I see your hand right over here. In the upper room or the cafe, the Lord sees you. If your hand's raised, pray this with me. Jesus, I believe that you're God, that you died for my sins and rose again. I turn away from my sin and receive your forgiveness. I invite you to be the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me and forgiving me. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you for those that have responded to the gospel, to the good news that have found their dwelling place in you. Would you bless them? Would you encourage them? Would you grow them in you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know I want to do one more thing. This isn't on my notes or on my agenda. Is I want to give an opportunity. If you know Christ as your savior, but you've wandered away from the Lord to come back. One of the most wonderful pictures that we have of our God is the story of the prodigal, where the son wandered and he came back and the father came to him running. Let's just go to an attitude of prayer one more time and ask that the Lord would work. Father, you know the hearts of those that have wandered to places that they never thought they would be. They're the child of God, but they need to come back to you. If that's you, I just want to give you an opportunity to... Raise your hand to the Lord. You know Christ, but you know you've wandered away. He's not your first love. Go ahead and raise your hand right now and I'm going to say a prayer with you. Praise the Lord. His hands are coming up in this sanctuary. Just respond in this moment. The Lord's touching your heart. Father, you see these hands that are saying, I'm the prodigal. I've wandered away as a child of God. Would you bless them and would you encourage him? We know that you're the Father who welcomes us back. Lord, may this be their best Christmas ever is they're robed in your righteousness where you put your sandals upon them that they would know that they're loved, that they're welcomed back home. Would you bless them in Jesus' name? You can put your hands down. The Lord's good. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. We are going to end our service with candle lighting, representing Jesus, the light of the world, a small candle lit here the light dispensing through the sanctuary. Keep in mind a couple of things as we do this. One is please don't catch anybody on fire, okay? So be responsible for your flame. And the second is rejoice in Jesus as he is the light of the world. Matthew 5, verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that can't be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Take just a moment now to look around uh, the sanctuary in the upper room in the cafe and look at how this one light started here and it went throughout this room. It's all right, go ahead, you can look around, it's okay. Here's the encouragement that God gives us from his word is that he wants to use you. And we live in dark days, but the encouraging silver lining is the light shines the brighter. To every believer, this is the time. The time is now to be awake spiritually, to not live for ourselves, but to live for the the glory of God. So let's pray together. Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would allow us to, to be the light of the world, that we could be salt, Lord that we could be this city that's set up on a hill. And even tonight as we go our way with our families and gather tomorrow morning with friends, Lord, we ask that we could be filled with your love. We pray in Jesus' name that this would be the most fruitful year in our lives this far with you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, go ahead and blow out your candle. Everybody, we don't need any uh, disobedience out there. Just... Out of love for everybody else, go ahead and put that candle out. Let's sing this chorus one more time, Light of the World, Rejoicing in Christ. some cider and coffee in the foyer. We'd like to welcome you to come on out and fellowship. May God bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. Merry Christmas.